Eddie Mayer on LBC. With Motorway, where dealers compete to give you the best price for your car. Boris Johnson due to speak at five o'clock. We'll bring that to you live here on LBC, uh, live from the Commons. We'll get the political reaction too. Uh, Simon Marks' American Week, as you know, is every Friday on this programme at a quarter to five. Simon will be with us tomorrow as usual, but I'm very happy to say, although it's in circumstances that most people would have wanted to avoid, he's with us tonight. Here he is, reporting live, Simon Marks. Well, Eddie, where does one begin? What we are witnessing playing out in Ukraine is quite simply the nightmare scenario. The sound of a Russian fighter jet screaming over a residential area of Ukraine, dropping ordnance and terrifying the family, recording the scene. And just outside Kiev, more horrifying moments. Multiple Russian combat helicopters attacking the airport in Hostomel, just 15 minutes' drive from the ring road that encircles the Ukrainian capital. Again, they flew directly over a residential area as they headed towards their target. This is, of course, exactly what the White House feared. Russian armed forces using the very playbook that U.S. intelligence first revealed a month ago. A cooked-up pretext for a Russian invasion in the east, then aerial bombardment of the country accompanied by a cyber attack. Next, the US believes a major ground offensive, in the words of Vladimir Putin, to demilitarize Ukraine. And he said at dawn this morning on state television to denazify it. He argues the government of President Volodymyr Zelensky is a puppet of what he calls radical nationalists. The Russian leader delivered a direct threat to Washington and its NATO allies. Don't even think about coming after me. And now, some very important words for those who might be tempted to intervene from outside. Whoever tries to hinder us or threatens our country and our people should know that Russia's response will be immediate and it will lead to consequences like those you have never encountered in your history. All the necessary decisions have been made in this regard already, even after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the loss of a large part of its capabilities. Modern Russia is still one of the most powerful nuclear powers in the world. It possesses some of the most advanced weapon systems in the world. No one should be in any doubt. A direct attack on our country will lead to defeat and terrible consequences for any potential aggressor. That direct threat to unleash Russia's nuclear stockpile against the U.S. or any other country trying to derail his invasion of Ukraine is only adding to White House fears that the Russian leader has lost his mind. Some of this country's most highly regarded Kremlin observers argue that Vladimir Putin has been so isolated as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic that he simply not made himself accessible to outside voices who might have been able to talk him down. Those who have tried, like French President Emmanuel Macron, have been burnt like Icarus for flying too close to the Kremlin's sun. Putin has crossed his Rubicon. He has gone big. U.S. military analysts are suddenly replete on American television. Broadcast networks that for the last two decades have barely mentioned Ukraine now cover events there wall to wall. Admiral James Stavridis is a former NATO Supreme Allied commander. It's kind of reminiscent of 
the United States's approach in Iraq. This is shock and awe. This is invasion 101. It's multi-axis. It's explosions all across the country. They're watching too on Capitol Hill. Democrats and moderate Republicans lining up behind President Biden. Adam Schiff of California, one prominent Democrat in the House of Representatives. This will be a costly, bloody campaign. Uh, and it's a terrible tragedy to the, the civilians in Ukraine, but also means that a lot of Russians are going to go home in body bags. At the White House, President Biden spent the morning first closeted with his national security team in the Situation Room, poring over battlefield assessments and trying to gauge the Russians' next moves. Then he and the Prime Minister participated in a virtual meeting of G7 leaders. It was put in the diary days ago, initially planned to see how diplomacy was going, defusing the crisis. Instead, the talk today was all about reprisals, severe, swift and allegedly crippling sanctions that the Prime Minister is about to outline in the House of Commons and President Biden will detail when he addresses the American people at around 5.30pm UK time. But what else has the President got planned given that the first tranche of sanctions did absolutely nothing to deter Vladimir Putin from going ahead with a full-scale invasion that even now sees Russian forces trying to take control of the crippled still dangerous nuclear power plant at Chernobyl. At the White House press briefing yesterday, spokeswoman Jen Psaki made it clear that for all the talk of defending Ukraine's sovereignty and its territorial integrity, there are substantial lines that Joe Biden will not cross. Given that you're warning of a full-fledged invasion, potential attacks on Kyiv, um, how the administration is as confident as it is that that won't become necessary at some point, that there won't be any need down the road for military engagement with Russia. That is not a decision the president is going to make. Based on? We are not going to be in a war with Russia or putting military troops on the ground in Ukraine fighting Russia. So ultimately, if, if Vladimir Putin takes all of Ukraine, that's a situation that the administration is not, not going to condemn, obviously going to punish economically, but that's not something that will be engaged. Well, that is... That is several steps down the road. But what, what I will tell you is the president has been crystal clear and consistent. He is not sending U.S. troops to fight in Ukraine. That has not changed. This is now the second full-fledged national security crisis to engulf an American president who believes he is uniquely qualified to navigate global complexities. The botched military withdrawal in Afghanistan last August bruised his reputation badly. Now he's poised to become the U.S. president who loses Ukraine. And on Fox News last night, his pre predecessor in the White House was already pouncing, saying Vladimir Putin had sensed weakness in America's waters. You know, it really started, I think, with the weakness in Afghanistan, the way they pulled out of Afghanistan. I really believe that's where he started thinking, you know, he can do this. Because he sees the weakness and the incompetence and the stupidity of this administration. And as an American, I'm angry about it and I'm saddened by it. And it all happened because of a rigged election. His entirely false claim there being that a rigged election had cost America the firm Trump hand on its national security tiller. But with only 26% of the American public telling pollsters they want the US to play a major role in the conflict, President Biden's hands are substantially tied. There's talk today of an internationally enforced no-fly zone being declared over Ukraine. But only two weeks ago, a Russian fighter jet 
jet came within five feet of American pilots in the skies over Eastern Europe, a surefire recipe for a rapid descent into conflict. If Joe Biden doesn't want to be branded as the president who lost Ukraine, he needs to find a way of salvaging it. Sanctions alone, Eddie, are unlikely to be enough as Russian forces advance their plans to unseat the government in Kiev. Simon Marks reporting, and we'll be back with Simon in the course of the next hour. Joe Biden, as he said, due to speak around 5.30. The House of Commons, I can see in my live feed, is filling up the uh, Defence Secretary Ben Wallace on the Conservative front bench, the Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, who apparently had quite a confrontation with the Russian ambassador today, uh, sitting by him, and we expect Boris Johnson to be sitting between them. Just very